Welcome to Nerdy For, the podcast where we find out what people are nerdy for. In this episode, we talk with, or I talk with Paul Ollinger. He is an Atlanta comic, but he more... He also worked for Facebook and Yahoo in sales back in the day. So this episode is a little fun. We talk about um, like what part of the plane you want to ride in and golf is a little bit more high end, I guess. <laughs> I hope we're not spilling too much tea. Um, he is a uh, very renowned. He has uh, done all of these festivals around the country. And he also has a podcast called Crazy Money that has gotten awards. It's wonderful. Check it out. Today we are here with my good friend. Hello. Hello, friend. I'm so glad to have you in my costume closet. Did you know that this is my costume closet? Is it your costume closet? Yes. I uh, believe that. Behind those doors. I believe, first of all, that you have a costume closet. Yes. You don't have to convince me that you do. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I'm a big weirdo. It's. I talk about it in my comedy. Yes, you do. I probably talk about it backstage. But you're a weirdo too, I bet. Let's find out. This is. I'm not going to do your intro. I'll do it at the end. I'll do it later. I'll do it at the end. I'll pu- Good I'll, place to I'll put plug an it intro. in, and then we'll we'll attach it to the front. Um, I have, I'm so nervous about saying your last name right now. Why? I'm sweating through my dress because I always mess it up. Paul Ollinger. That's correct. I did it first try. I called you Ollinger. Yeah. A bunch of times, Ollinger. It's an easy name to mess up. Okay. I w- maybe I will do your thing right now. Okay. You've been doing stand-up comedy for ten years. Uh, you uh, have been running your podcast Crazy Money for four years and it's doing quite quite well. Mm. And you're a parent, so you and I get to talk about that kind of stuff backstage, which is nice to have a buddy. Mm. Um, oh, I have, to, I have a show I need to book you on, by the way. Oh, great. Don't leave without talking to me about that. And Paul, you talk about money a lot. I do. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. Paul, what are you nerdy for? What am I nerdy for? Yes. I'm nerdy for my kids, grammar, golf, comedy. Good times. Yeah. And are you nerdy for money? I guess so. I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the name of your podcast. Yeah. That's well, I mean, I don't about. think about money a lot. Like, how do I get more money? I think about, like, what money does to us and and what... Uh, it doesn't do for us and how the things that we think we want in life don't necessarily pay off and money was that thing for me there's um a psychological relationship with money mm. and you know this well from your podcast uh the more you have more money you have doesn't solve your your problems it can solve major problems like solves hunger a problems. <clears throat> and a roof over your head and education and health care and but beyond that if you have any vices, it can explode those vices open and then you can <laughs> um, fail more royally. Yes. Do you have any vices? I have all the vices. All the vices. Yeah. I love all drinking. I love cheese dip. I like attention. I like attention. Look what yes. I can do. I'm an only child. Yes. Yeah, I see that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm one of six, which is why the need for attention is so profound. Where do you, what what where do you fall in the six? I'm number five out of six. Ooh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. so close like, close to baby. Buried in the bottom, the half. ultimate of like middle children too, yeah. like the bottom of the middle children. The bottom of the middle children. That would be the a, middle of the bottom children. Ooh, oh. Mm. That's that would be a great album cover, like album name. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of the middle children. <laughs> um, so I I this is. Um, making me nervous to talk about because I was raised not to talk about money. Uh-huh. And then you talk about money a lot. But it's not about your personal money. 
No, but but being candid about the fact that I made enough money to stop working in the traditional sense is part of the backstory. And if I weren't forthright about that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the authenticity to be able to talk about what I want to talk about. And so I think that not talking about money is, is a bad idea. I agree. I mean, I talk to my kids about money all the time. Do you talk to them about sex? Nah, we're getting there. They're so 12 and 13. So it's just, I, uh, my son had a sleepover the other night and I was like, uh, who's going to one. And so we had a little bit of a talk about things, you know, they can go teenager awry. things. Yeah. yeah. At a sleepover. Yeah. And just, and you know, of course he's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and he does know, but it's like, you can't with today's with, you know, fentanyl and booze mm. and all that stuff. You just want to be like, don't take any chances. There's no second chance. I education i think or just talking about more is not not less like let's talk about it constantly i feel mm, like just to remind yeah. them too because their brains aren't developed yet and their risk <clears throat> analysis is garbage <laughs> <laughs> you think a, you think a boy under 25 doesn't have good decision making skills just guessing <laughs> <laughs> seriously so um which is more uncomfortable for you to talk about with your children money or sex yes uh, this is the wasp meter. Beep, 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 beep. I think sex, definitely. I mean, with money, you can talk about it like, you know, we've normalized it. So, you know, they've gotten an allowance since they were, I don't know, seven or eight. Do you have the uh, the three buckets, giving, yeah, we did. sharing, we, I mean, and they actually, spending. so they have green light cards. Do your, do your boys have green light cards? Did they have green light? What's a green light green card? Green light is a debit card for kids. It's actually an Atlanta-based company. Green light. Uh, and... Um, I don't own any stock. I was gonna say, do they promote? Do you, uh, a they, no, it's a great company. They do. They, they do. They do really cool work, and so they're giving kids the tools to be able to manage money at a young age. And it, you know, it's I don't like five bucks a month or something per kid per per card. And so you know, the other day my daughter gave me a five dollar bill and said, "Can you put five dollars in my green light?" I was like, "You don't want the cash?" She's like, "I don't buy anything with cash." No one buys anything I with, buy with cash, my, Grandpa. Right. So they. So she was like, you know, she uses her green light on Amazon and wherever. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point of having the allowance is to teach them that if they buy one thing, they can't use that money to buy another, right? And you're talking about a few bucks a week that they get $1 for every year they are old and like half of it goes into saving and giving. So they can spend whatever, five or six bucks, seven bucks a week on whatever they want to buy, spend it on. And the lesson is, if you want something that costs more than $7, you have to wait more than a week to buy it. Delayed gratification is the like the number one indicator of uh, happy, successful people. Did you eat the marshmallow, Amy? Oh, you know, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. Uh, my husband is so good at delaying his gratification. Oh, uh, oh, what does that mean? No, not like that. Oh, my God. Oh. Amy, you're such a lucky woman. <laughs> Don't let my wife hear that. Uh, <laughs> More water. Well, I did. I poured myself. That's so rude. I apologize. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I know I feel like we're very serious because um, money and raising children is is serious. And when you um, are in a circumstance where I, I don't know how much money you have, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. I'm just kidding. Net worth? <laughs> no, no, I, think we can, I, I did not ask that. <laughs> I don't, your house is bigger than mine. That's for sure. But this is true. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing because you just told me. But I, like it depends on like what, well, what okay. your values are. 
Like if you're um, trying to save some of your money to give to your children or your children's children, then having yeah. it invested in real estate. And I don't one, give a shit about one... my children's children. I mean, I do care. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm going to love my grandkids, but I'm not, I'm not. You're not paying for their college. I'm not saving thinking about my grandkids. Now, maybe that's a short sighted thing to say, but I kind of think about it like, look, I'm going to get my kids, you know, educated and you know knock on wood they'll probably have a little nest egg when we depart which will hopefully be in 40 years but um what they do with that is going to be up to them i'm not spending a lot of time thinking about trust for my grandkids okay do you know i've heard i've heard a statistic no, about private schools here in atlanta do tell that like 75 percent of tuition at a couple of these old school private schools is paid by grandparents have you heard that? Well, it's I did not hear that, but uh, I'm surprised there's that, sm that much generational wealth. Oh, there's a ton of generational wealth. And there's no better way to hand, to give money down from a tax It's tax basis free. Than Joel, paying when for you your, uh, your your episodes get bought and then you have you, generational wealth. What, what I was that say why are you like trying to give me <laughs> I am never going to be have money. <laughs> I'm trying, not with that attitude, uh, not. <laughs> I always said I'm gonna be rich. I don't know when or how, but I'm gonna be rich. No, I am terrible at money side of things. I'm really good at creative stuff. I'm really good at running projects and come up with new ideas and having drive. But then whenever people are like, how are you gonna pay for this? I was like, oh, I just have ADHD. And so I'm just gonna do it all myself. Otherwise I'll die. So uh, right. you can, but anyone else, you should, you know, generational wealth, you can give he's, that, that. He's about to sell a TV show though. That's so. great, dude. We'll see. So that we'll teach you what to do. We'll celebrate with your money. when it's done. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't realize there was that much generational wealth in Atlanta. Good for this is a very wealthy town. Good for Atlanta. I mean, it's not evenly distributed, but it's oh, that's right. <laughs> there's a lot of that very wealthy people. Here. I was just imagining everyone was saving really well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of drive. I, I remember one time when I was a kid, our cousins came to town, and um, we didn't live in the big fancy neighborhoods but my dad drove him through like buckhead and this probably drove down your street it's a major in street. 1979 or 81 or whatever it was when they came to town and they were blown away they thought they were from upstate new york or something and they thought they were going to come down and see the dukes of hazard and they're like what is this this town is beautiful that like and and they were really and it was always like oh that's coca-cola money I I feel I have this impression of people I meet and like friends I've moved to Atlanta. They're like, "Oh my God, what's it like living in Atlanta?" And I'm like, "It's like banjo, bam, bam, bam. It's not a banjo yeah. party. It's a, a made metropolis city for sure with big companies here. Yeah, and people from all over the world. We have so many waffle houses. <laughs> I mean, that's a direct correlation to sophistication, is it not? Absolutely. Yeah." And um, shootings, I guess. Wait, no, that was the. Um, there was a shooting at a Subway sandwich shop over mayonnaise. Yeah, I saw. I remember that. Yeah, remember a mile that. from here. Well, at least there was a good cause, good reason well, for the shooting. I mean, the South takes the mayonnaise serious for sure. Yeah, seriously. Um, we got. Uh, we're talking about generational. You're okay. You're not sh saving for the next. This is like always my question for people. All right. Do you fly first class with? tickets you've purchased instead of I, using mine. I will occasionally buy a first class ticket. Is it very I'd say one in ten to fifteen times. For a long we flight? Will, okay. So for family vacations, we'll we'll do if we're going someplace like far away, we'll we'll figure out a way to do business class. Yes. 
like yeah. an overnight flight like where Europe, everyone's gonna like be Africa. sad when they get there yeah like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out how to like that's what we so between american express points and delta miles i think we've you know you accumulate them and then you have hundreds of thousands and you're like i'm saving that for the trip to hawaii or the trip to europe yeah and i'm not diamond uh, I'm not diamond. My wife is diamond, but I'm not. My husband's and I'm not. I know. It's not fair. How'd that happen? I don't know. We're the ones traveling all the time. <laughs> is her cre- is your credit card attached to her mile number? Because uh, ours is attached to my husband's mile I don't mile know. Number. I don't know how that happened. I got my I'm own I'm being bamboozled, card. obviously. Yeah. Something's happening. They they're working something in the background to make it not work for us. You know, I... I, I joke when I say this, and this is my Catholic upbringing, that I deserve to have the money, but I don't deserve to spend it. Yes. So That's a lot of people I know. Yeah. And so I generally, like we're going to Montana for spring break and we're flying premium comfort or comfort plus, whatever it is. Comfort plus. Yeah. Biscoff or die. Yes. Biscoff or die. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so like, but the difference between, I mean, I mean, the real luxury in my life is, is working at things that I want to work at. It's not having a job. That's the most extravagant thing that I do. Yeah. Having you know, your time to, yes. As a so, stay at home so, mom that also had a nanny. <laughs> I needed a buddy. Well, I agree. Cause then you can be, you have time to be creative. Right. I mean, that's worth, I mean, I don't feel like I need to, you know, I, I'm really conscious of not over spending and over extravaganting myself because once you start doing it, you're going to get used to it and you're going to, that's going to become your new base, your new normal. Mm-hmm. And if first class is what you do every time, the only way to be more extravagant than that is to fly private. And once you try that, there's no going back. They don't have Biscoff on private They don't planes. have no, I'm not interested. They got no Biscoff. So, uh, I mean, I try to keep things pretty much between the rails. Plus, I mean, like, I just feel like I'm doing comedy. A lot of the times they'll put you in some really dumpy hotel. Do you go and because I would when I travel now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to stay in a dangerous neighborhood in a scary hotel. Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. so I'll pay for um, a safer space for me to stay. And then I. I have to. I'm the. I'm the host, not to brag. Uh, so I have to go pick up the feature, and the feature is stay, staying in a hotel that the, the club put the person in. So I have to drive over to the terrible neighborhood. Do you put your your Four Seasons valet uh, tag <laughs> yeah, away? You like, take that off the rearview mirror. Before, I'm a Kimpton girl. Pick up the I like all the Kimptons. Mm, Kimptons are cool. Yeah, and they're not too pricey compared to the Four Seasons. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I got like I. Like it's scary where these people are staying, and as like, traveling alone as a woman, mm, I would feel mm. uh, I can see why it's. Oh, harder that's for, your excuse. Traveling yes. alone as a woman, you put it in gender in gendered terms. I don't feel safe I in the don't back feel of the airplane. Safe, and there's not even like a big tub. <laughs> the towels are. Oh my gosh! So grody. Modern hotels don't have tubs. They you, do at the Four Seasons. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I only stay there because I want to feel safe as a woman. <laughs> my hoo Not because I. Needs to be cleaned properly in a tub. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Otherwise, it's I, not I, safe. I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you don't want an angry hoo-ha. Uh, no, you don't. Of course not. <laughs> there we go. How far did we make it till I made it dirty? Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, maybe the longest. We're about like fifth, a little, little around 15 minutes in. Thanks so. for keeping it, you know, highbrow for me. I appreciate that. Well, you are a gentleman. I try to be. <laughs> I'm trying to not be so dirty all the time. I was trying to make this a, sh- a show that people, anyone could watch 
and I I'm incapable of it. <laughs> my I have teenage sons and sure. my brain is now a teenage son brain. It's D's nuts. It's 420. It's 69 nice. 24/7. Nice. <laughs> okay. This is super fun. We don't have to talk about money anymore. My armpits are sweating from all of that oh, good. conversation. Good. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable to talk about money. I'd much rather talk about sex day or night. I believe that. It's just I think it can um it's a triggery concept that pe- people feel je- um what's the opposite like Oh God, I'm triggered. so old. Yes, triggered, jealousy, envy, uh, envy emotionally. Like I'm not worthy Provoked. of this. Oh. I'm not worthy of spending this. Did your parents talk to you about uh, sex? No, I learned about it during free reading time during sexual education class <laughs> in middle school, and my mind was blown. <laughs> I had no idea things could go inside a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can go inside a guy too. Apparently, this is true. Yeah. And I learned that um, gentlemen have a secret clit in their butthole. I've heard about that. And I, everything I've learned now, I've learned from stand-up comedy. Yeah. I learned that from a stand-up comedian in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, everything I and then I'll say something unknowingly uh, that it's. I said cream pie at dinner talking about, you know what it is. Okay. Oh, no, I have no idea. I was just like, we're going to have Thanksgiving. Let's um, talk about different pies we can have. Oh and God. I said cream pie and my boys started laughing. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn it. What does that mean? Oh, and geez. are you going to tell me? And they're, no, they're not going to tell me. So now I've got to Google porn and find out what it is and then see it. You and can go I to urbandictionary.com. Oh, I should have, you know what? That's a better idea. Yeah. And then you can link to the porn. You have to read about how to learn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you talk to your boys about it as frankly as, I mean, are you as comfortable talking to your boys about it as you are talking to your friends or talking about sex on stage? Yes. Mm. It's it's a problem. We are very lowbrow, very like Is it a problem or is it healthy? Well, we got to like learn how to turn it off when we have a guest over. (laughs) Right. Oh, and it's... It, we we laugh a lot. We laugh a mm, lot, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> we were we were having dinner, and I don't like spicy food. And my husband's like, "You lied to me when we were first dating. You said you liked spicy food." And I was like, "Yeah, I was pretending like spicy food. Right. I was trying to catch a dick." And <laughs> <laughs> the kids died laughing. They weren't like ew, gross. They were like, "That was a good one, mom." Mom's a whore. <laughs> From the stories you told me, your kids are very aware that you and your husband have a have have a sex life. Well, yes, because they're perverts and they keep knocking on the door when it's locked. Mm. They like, they cannot take a hint. The door's locked. Mm. Don't wiggle the handle more and mm. ask what's going on. Have mm. you had that? No. Anything in that you guys? No. 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 We. Uh, uh, no, is gonna be my short answer to that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about what my wife may or may not want me to talk about. You know what? You this is very good boundaries. Oh, that's a date I want to book you for. Okay. Um, that's very good boundaries to have. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm. Trying. My wife is very cool about what I can talk about on stage, but where I I would never <clears throat> divulge something personal that I would think would upset her. 
I would never intentionally upset her. I'm yeah. I don't want to ever hurt my family. Is my number one favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah, and for sure. I don't ever want to embarrass them or hurt their feelings ever. And so if I ever cross the line and they're like too far, I cry and I'm yeah. like, I'm so sorry. And yeah, I'm like I will never say that again. Right. That's why I haven't released a lot of my comedy onto YouTube. Right. Because it's private. It's for a room full of a hundred sh- people right. at a time. But your That's kids it. have seen it. You know they've seen it. Um. Well, I don't do. I just mm. all of my no. They haven't seen probably how. I don't know. Well, I had my child put some subtitles on some of my stuff, but oh, it was the funny. clean stuff. It that's was the funny. clean stuff. Okay, it wasn't the dirty, and it's not even that. It's naughty. It's not that dirty. Mm. True. Yeah, it's it's pretty dirty. Shut up! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love I love you. I'm teasing. Okay, let's talk about comedy. Let's talk about comedy. Yeah. So tell me about your journey with comedy. My journey with comedy started when I was at business school, of all places, mm-hmm. where I went to get a better job so I could make more money. That was the idea of going to business school. And one night at a talent show at business school, I told jokes. Basically, was just making fun of my friends and my classmates. A roast. Well, it was like, that's all I knew. I was just, yeah, it was just the material in front of me. And uh, and it killed. And I'm in this auditorium of like 200, 300 people, and it's just murdered. And I was like, oh, that's that's not something I'd felt before. You were hard as a rock. Uh, well, metaphorically. Yes, <clears throat> I think intellectually. I'm, I think I made it out of there without sporting wood. But but yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those it was one of those aha moments where you're like, oh, among this really th- this group of really smart people, this is what makes me different. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, I tried to figure out a way to, how do you do that in the business world? And, and the fact of the matter is you don't. There's, you, you don't. If you want to be a comedian, you got to be a comedian. There's um, uh, advertising and marketing sometimes employs a little bit of humor. Yeah, it does. But honestly, it, it, it employ, even to get all that stuff made, it employs, you know, 95% politics, game playing, you know, and and 5% humor is what my experience has been. And I dealt with ad agencies all the time in my 18-year digital media career. Ooh. How different is an ego in the marketing world versus an ego in the comedy entertainment world? Well, it's a better paid ego at the <laughs> beginning anyway. And then, you know, like it's the slope goes like this in the professional world and the slope goes like this in the comedy world from a money perspective. There's like, you know, a hundred people that make real money in comedy and mm-hmm. 10 of them are comics, right? Or, you know, whatever the, maybe it's a thousand it, people. I mean, how many people do you think make more than a half million dollars a year doing comedy? Me? In the United States. How oh many my gosh. Make a more than million. a half million a year doing comedy. That's a great question. Cause I haven't even, I just know I was, <laughs> I was hosting mm. and there was this touring headliner and he has TV credits and he yep. k- murdered this room mm-hmm. and he had to pay for his own chicken tenders at at the at the club, <laughs> and my heart ached for him. It's like, it's 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 thankless. It's thankless. I mean, the 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 people's memory is that long, and you can have multiple late night credits, and nobody gives a shit. No one. Nobody cares. You have to be really famous on, in, you have the, in, to, on you Instagram. You have you have to not whatever it is. You have to not need the industry for them to need you. You have to be able to sell your own way. You have to, it has to be all about selling your own tickets because if you can sell tickets, first of all, if you can sell tickets, it doesn't matter if you're a comedian or not. If you can put butts in seats, the clubs will book you. 
If you can't sell tickets and you're the best comedian in the world, nobody gives a shit. You're going to be an opener. And you might not even be an opener because you're too good to open for some of these headliners who aren't as strong as the people opening for them. And I'm not saying that like, like I should be... It, it, it's just the fact of the way the industry works. And, and so it's all on you to create your own opportunity. Um, you know, how many people make a half million dollars a year doing comedy? I bet, it, I, I, I bet a lot of money that's less than a thousand. A lot. Is it 500? Maybe. Right. You know, you're talking about an industry that now has tens of thousands of people in it, probably. If you look at the number of comedians just in Atlanta, depending upon how you define it, how many people are in the Atlanta comedians group? 200, 300? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. So not you, making money. Not everybody is as active as, as other people in the group. But Atlanta's, you know, one, let's say it's Georgia, you know, that's one of 50 states. I was um, thinking about could it ever be possible for comedians to make a union and then demand better pay from the clubs? They've and tried. It's been, it's been tried many times. Oh, dish. Well, I, I'm not 100% conversant on it, but I know it was tried in New York and in LA in the 70s and there were in, 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 in the early or the early 80s, going back to like when Jay Leno was working at the improvs and the comedy store and stuff like that. And, you know, it'll never work because there will always be scabs who would, and I might do it myself. I'm not saying that that's what, you know, union busters are called. People who cross the picket lines are called scabs. And would I do it? I mean, like, do I believe in, do I believe in the integrity of a comedy union so much that I'm going to not work based on what all these other knuckleheads are doing on how they're making decisions based on their life? Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to do that? Probably not. <clears throat> I'm in a different place in my life. I'm in a different place. I mean, for good or for bad. I'm doing comedy for reasons that, you know, that they're, they're not doing. I mean, um, I, I just don't think being, the, the problem is, is anybody will say yes to an opportunity to perform for no money. And the only time you have power is when you can sell your own seats or you, want, or you, or you say no. Yeah, so the people who have all the power would have to be the ones that would, and the, the, in the industry. Too. And why the fuck would they do that? Right. Well, to help an to open micer who doesn't who doesn't put in the work be, make thirty instead of twenty five dollars. Being a philanthropist and uh, altruistic, paying it backwards. <laughs> Would that be but backwards? You're not, but That's you're not. That's also called money laundering for a lot of people, though. So. Oh, I, I feel like if so, like uh, comedians are classically like independent, uh, lone wolves. Mm. You have to be like alone in your head, and I feel like if it was improv people who are trying to make a. Union, they would like they were used to working together, and they would be well, able to yeah. do it. Yeah, improv like is by have. nature it's, it's a group activity. Yes, and, com and they're and happier. Comedy is maybe I don't know. Comedy is by nature uh, an individual sport, and because of that, the supply of adequate comedians so greatly exceeds the demand. Mm -hmm. The the low bar set by many places that book comedians. If the if if the people who book raise their standards and said only people with a certain level of competence get to play here, then you'd have something to argue for, because people of a certain skill level could get together and say, you know, we're not going to work for less than this money. But the fact of the matter is, is you know, there's just a lot of people who are okay at comedy, and it's not like. Uh, it's it's not like you're gonna get everybody to to stop working at the same time. 
Well, the pandemic to, to, helped to, to get everyone to stop working at the same time. Well, I mean, you're not going to get. I mean, from as on a voluntary basis to uh, to try to you know get influence over the very small number of comedy real comedy buyers in the world. There's also there's also like what do you okay so there's a hundred bar shows in any given month. Am I off the mic? No, you're fine. Okay. I was just seeing you're my just mic's looking lower. At my mic. Mine's lower. My I'm slouching. Party. Anyway, I, I, yeah. I don't. I think. I think. I don't think. In L.A., maybe uh, where you've got a small number of very, very big acts, and they and they can wield influence over the comedy store and the improv. Um, maybe in scenes like Atlanta's, no chance. This is a very like free market, libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's supply and demand. Yeah, you've got a hundred people that that want to theoretically. So, um, for every feature spot at Zany's in Nashville, okay, so there there are comedians in Nashville, in Chattanooga, in Chicago, in Cincinnati, in Atlanta that all want those spots. Most headliners are bringing their feature with them. Mm -hmm. So how many feature spots are there at Zany's in Nashville a in a year? Right. And how many comedians are eligible for and interested in that spot? It's a, a it's at least 100 to 1. Yes. At least. I agree. Yeah. So where's the market power? It's all in the buyer. Mm -hmm. Because the supply is just greatly exceeds demand. I am so glad you went to business school so you can use <laughs> The shape All of the, the demand curve, to, to the break supply apart. curve, the demand curve. I'm <laughs> not sure which one is also which. Also, another actually. thing that I've had this talk with people before, not just comedy, but a lot of creative fields. Like, you don't see anyone like, oh, I like to do accounting as a fun hobby. It's how I ease myself. But th but this is a field where, like, at an open mic, you can see people like that dude's been on late night. That guy got like a, a, a deal with Netflix. This person, they just come to this one mic uh, and they don't do a comedy anywhere else. So it is like a weird thing where it is a field where we have creatives, like professionals next to actual hobbyists. And the hobbyists might never want to go. And so what you're talking about too, like people banding together, that hobbyist doesn't care that they don't make money off of it. They don't, they're not going to try to fight for different things. So it is a interesting thing on top of that to yeah. where you add in, like there yeah. are people that are literally just doing this for fun and never care about making money. And it doesn't matter to them. They're like, yeah, I spend $60 on a bar tab. Every time I come out, I buy a lift and I, but I don't need this for money. This is for fun. Yeah, it's true. I feel like it creates um, a kind of a self-selecting group then of people who then can afford to p pursue this at our kind of age group yep. and are like are having children yep. and whatnot because I feel like people are weeded out not because of their talent or their um, hard their work ethic like they could have made it possibly but life got in the way and they had to make money and have health insurance for their children, et cetera. I think that's kind of a choice in a lot of people's, you know, there's every reason to quit comedy every day. I mean, there's, you could come up with a list of 50 reasons every single day. Well, you day. don't like chicken fingers. Well, no, I, I love chicken fingers. And, you know, my slime, health. Slimy microphones. My health is my health is a good reason I should probably quit comedy, right? I don't like staying up late. I don't like going to bed. I don't like getting home and eating at 11 o'clock at night. Preach, preach because, to the ceiling to so, God. But, like, there's every reason. And the people who make it in comedy are the people that go, it's, I mean, it, 
you know, I was watching Taylor Tomlinson's special and like she's like 26. She's had two special, two, two and a half specials, I think. And I'm like, well, one, she's naturally really talented. Two, she started when she was like 16 in churches. Um, she's a very hard worker. She works her ass off. She doesn't off. drink oh, or do the, drugs. Well, so. and she doesn't have kids, and she's not married, and so it's. And I'm not saying that. And I, I just think that this is a young person's game, is what I'm trying to say. To stay up late. To, well, well, just on every level, mm-hmm. because it's all about focus and priorities. And if it's not your number one priority, you're not going to get to the same level as the as someone who is equally as talented whose number one priority it is it also, and will remain. It helps that she's easy on the eyes too. Like I she, think she's attractive. perfectly attractive, but when I look at her, I'm not going, oh my God, I've got to see what she has no, to I say. No, I agree. I agree. She's, you know, I, and I watched her special. It's so good. They're I watched so good. her special thinking like, I'm not, this is going to be lame and mediocre. And it was dark and it was 60 minutes of joke after joke after. I was like, shit, yeah. she's fucking good. She's, she calls it dense, like like joke dense. It's, it's, it is laugh rich, joke dense, and it is deep and dark. And I liked it like that. Yeah. I that really, I bit, really. That sounded a little bit too aggressive. Oh, you got but, excited. No, I mean, I, I really that's like her too. I, when, when, when my negativity, I love it when my negative, when I'm surprised, when all the, the scar tissue that I've built up in 10 years of comedy, watching people that, you know, are getting opportunities that I'm not for whatever reason. And then I, and I, and I have that attitude. And then I watch somebody who go, who, who I sort of am making assumptions about. And then I go, oh shit, she's a badass. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that. I was like, I'm I'm really happy to see her kick ass because of the high quality of her product. She deserves it. She yeah. I'm so one of my new things is the word deserve is is a binary trick that our minds play on us. Ooh, dish. But I, I yes, keep going. But oh, but go does she deserve it more than somebody like? Well, I mean, she she has like she put in the work. She didn't, she she didn't get it for reasons. She put in the work, product. and it's, it's great. It's a high quality product. High quality product. She put in the work. Yeah. It wasn't like handed to her, and she, she doesn't have the backstory or. The, oh, she got that uh, that evangelical church bump. <laughs> all, all that stage time doing stage very time. clean material. The Andrew Stanley channel. Um, no, uh, yeah, and she got bounced by she got bounced by the churches because she she, she, one she post. Just started being too too real too real. Yeah, so she did one joke, and they're like, "You can't work for us anymore." Right. Well, good for her. It was best for both of them. I like that she was doing college gigs when she was supposed to be in college. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. Um. Uh, what is your okay after you perform you come home yeah adrenaline do you still have adrenaline or are you tons of it okay unless I bombed and then I have in? and then I have regret yeah <laughs> I have a deep self loathing spiral <laughs> spiral <laughs> energy what is your snack that you have oh my god my snack is whatever's in the refrigerator and a couple glasses of wine <gasps> oh you do wine too yeah do you get out the laptop and like a notebook and start. No, my brain is uh, only good for writing in the morning. Mm. And, um, but I'll try to do stuff like, I try to find things to do all throughout the day that suit my brain's inclinations. So like um, in the after, I try to write in the morning, in the afternoon, I'll try to do like uh, administrative stuff, editing videos, posting on social sending emails to clubs what all the, all that shit you hate doing right mm-hmm. 
and then at night I'll generally kind of poke around. I'll try to watch other comedy. Watching comedies, I, I find it very challenging. You have to be in the right mood for it. Yeah. I, um, to, as exercise, will, uh, if I find a, a comedian I admire, uh, I will try to analyze why did that, why was that joke funny? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was a funny voice. Mm -hmm. Then I'll be like, okay, what, Amy, what jokes do you have that if you added a funny voice to mm. would help mm. make more LPMs, laughs per minute? And then I'll practice, like, I'll use it like doing math equations, kind mm -hmm. of like if it's someone I really like, analyze it. But I can only do that when I'm drunk on an airplane. Uh, that is a, <laughs> it's a debilitating disease. In first class or economy well, comfort? Well, I will do, I will do comfort plus because mm. I can get my business. You drink off. in comfort plus? But they're free. That's why you get what comfort What do you drink plus. on a plane? Um, what don't I drink? It depends what mood. I would love to. Okay, these are my pairings. Mm -hmm. There was a time when you could get um, cheese at crackers yeah. and, a, and a white wine. That's a pairing. I can't drink Coach Class wine. I'm sorry. Oh, you aren't desperate enough. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Biscoff. Listen, no, like bourbon, like, you know, they, I, if I drank bourbon, I could drink what they serve they have in Economy Comfort. They it's, have Woodford Reserve on right, there in a I'm cute saying, But bottle. they don't have the same kind of, like the wine in first class or business class is 10 times better than the wine See, a few hours back. I, I did not even notice that. I don't I like drinking. Drink, it just goes in the wine hole and I tell my brain to shut up about it. Right. The wine hole. <laughs> You're so nice. fancy. When I come home from a, 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 a set, yeah. bad or good, to I the pressure is to walk by the kitchen and try to just to go to bed. And I'll sometimes I'll get in bed and I'll be like, oh, geez, I can't. And I have to get out of bed, <laughs> go downstairs, get the macaroni and cheese out, get the white wine, sit It's down. hard because, in the, and that's the thing that, that's hard about comedy, especially at 50, almost 54 years old, is that, you know, your, your day is just kind of like, sh it shifts so that your afternoon is whatever, seven o'clock or, or, or nine o'clock. And your energy it's your seven o'clock energy is at 10 o'clock at night. And so, you know, like just staying awake to try to have that energy at that late, then, then you've got to wind down and it's, it, it just throws everything off. And it's, then your kids are have to get up and go to school at, you know, six 30 in the morning. And you're like, all right, I got to try to get up and go do that. And it's, it's just, it, it, Throws my the whole sleep schedule. It's a nightmare. And then, and then they say like uh, the lack of sleep and things causes cortisol and that's tummy fat. I know, right? We can we can have our tummies kiss. It's not it's not it's not it's not just the cortisol. It's it, it is literally the coming home and wanting to eat at 10 o'clock at night. And and I mean, that's not when you're supposed to be eating. Are you ready for this BS? Last night I was uh, trying to go to bed mm -hmm. and then my brain started like maybe uh, working on something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God damn it. I got up, I went downstairs, I got the macaroni and cheese and I got the wine mm -hmm. and I spent two hours working on it. So I'm mm. two hours lacking sleep because I had to get up this morning to go mm. to school with the kids. Right. So my body now has been trained to be creative at those, 10. You got to get rid of those kids. I'm That's so the close. Problem. I'm That's so close. Problem. I've got 17 and 15. That's incredible. I've got two more years on the, on the last one. I'm going to move in when they're gone so you can still have somebody <laughs> yeah. to take care of and mother. Yes, I, uh, I feed him yeah. a lot. <laughs> so I, th I feel, Joel, I I would love to turn this into a comedy compound mm. and have the clean comedians mm. can come live with me. Not, the clean ones? So yeah. no so no. You comics, say then? clean, what do you mean by clean? You Not mean clean material. Those who bathe. Tidy. <laughs> right. 
not leaving their drugs everywhere. Who would be invited? For the dog to eat. Who would be invited? Oh Besides me, obviously. Oh, I'm not going to play that game because I'm going to everyone. Oh, that's smart. I didn't mean to make it political. <laughs> oh yeah, let's not make it political. Um, it's yeah, this it's it's hard on our 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 age group. But I've, you know what? This is what I feel like is hard for young comedians. It's they're still trying to figure out who they are in this world, and then they have to mm. go up and get compared every night to every other comedian on a lineup. And I'm old enough to know um, none of this matters long term. I'm a weirdo. My husband loves me. My kids are th- put up with me. It's enough. That's enough for me to feel like I have friends. I'm okay. I'm comfortable in who I am. I think to be uh, growing yourself up in your 20s when you're still forming yourself and then to be around that much alcohol mm. every night mm-hmm. and drugs and all the things that can mess with your hard drive uh, in regards to depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. circadian rhythms, mm-hmm. all of that. It it terrifies terrifies me for these people. I It's all it's well it's a self-selecting issue also that you get a lot of depressed people, you get a lot of people with anxiety, you get a lot of drinkers and drug users in comedy because I mean that's just who wants to do comedy, you know, you're you're not getting uh you're not getting the most stable, the most boring people. You're getting some of the funniest, most interesting people in the world. And a lot of those people come, you know, they're funny because they're damaged. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's true. <laughs> I, we talk about Taylor Tomlinson. She talks about her depression in that special. And it's like, she's not kidding around. It's, yes. Yeah, and her bipolar deal. disorder. So, I mean, yeah. like, it's like, I, I've, I've, that's not something I want in my house, but it's, it's quite effective if you want to be a great comic. Mm. I like um there's a Pollyanna inside of me that wants everyone to be happy and have a snack and <laughs> I would I like to think that you can be happy uh, and healthy and and ridiculously funny. Why don't you run a theater camp is what I want to know. I don't like children. <laughs> They're creepy. <laughs> They're creepy. Well, there's your answer. I'm also probably not allowed near a lot of them <laughs> because of the cuz my potty restraining mouth. order. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> my sense of humor. Um, okay. Oh, yes. I think we can head into the. How are we doing on time? Can we head into the rapid fire? We're, we're around like forty-ish. Okay. We have a okay. We business school. Did we start already? I didn't know. And we started. Okay. I asked you what you were nerdy for. Yeah. Um. So you're nerdy for golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I feel way as if make, I've, I've just been judged. Yeah, way to make your, the guests feel really interest, comfortable. Your interest is not yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, and it's also not very... I guess there could be golf nerds out there. I play tennis, but I don't want to. It's because I live in Buckhead, and they make you do that when you move to Atlanta. Who makes you do that? The society does. They're like, welcome to Atlanta. You here's live your, next to a golf course. Every time I, I drive by a golf course like to get to your house. There's several, yes. But that's a public golf course. It doesn't. Care. Ugh, Ugh. <laughs> terrible. This is. Where do you play tennis? I don't know. The play I play to Ansley. The play you play. The place you play. The place. Of, psh, we're not yeah. talk about this it. is this is for sure the wealthiest episode that we've done. I know. I have my appear on, so it's kind of fun. So why don't you? What what what's your beef against golf? It takes forever. This is why I think. This is why I think men like it. Mm. Because when you're playing golf, no matter who calls or texts you, you can't stop. You're like, I'm in the middle. I'm on the course. I can't mm-hmm. right now. Because mm-hmm. there's some sort of like rule that, oh, it's a tea time and you can't leave your partner. Yeah. And so it's um, a get out of jail free card for um, f- 
F the rest of my life and mm. anyone who depends on me, I am playing golf now, which is probably a release and I probably would love it. Uh, but uh, I feel like, if, especially men who are playing a lot of golf, mm. I think they're possibly just like running away from their obligations. I think that's true of men who fish, of men who work on cars in the garage or do whatever, or even just do a lot of yard work. They're just trying to be in a place where they're not bothered and where they can be out of the blast zone for blast a little while. Zone. But I think part of that is a self, like, it's kind of like, do, do you play so much golf because you have a bad relationship or do you have a bad relationship because you play so much golf? I mean, like, I think these two things are related. I, I, the thing I like about playing golf is that when you're playing golf, you're talking about golf. And so that two golf, and I, I would imagine the same thing is true for any deep hobby that people have. If it's fishing, you're hanging out with people, a dad and a son who are having big issues with something going on in their house can go fishing and they talk about fishing mm -hmm. and they talk or, or golf and they talk about golfing and they talk and they're just, they're not thinking about the thing that's stressing them out. They're talking about golf mm -hmm. and you can just beat it. It's, it's a structured hang time mm -hmm. that, that, you, you know, you look at all these studies about human happiness and the number one thing that contributes to our happiness is relationships. And you don't think about fostering your relationship when you go out on the golf course. You're just going to play golf. And yet you bond, you talk shit, you tell jokes, maybe you have a couple of beers, you relax. You're not thinking about all whatever's stressing you out at work or, or at home until, uh, I, I joke about this, but I like my wife would text me on the, here's why you don't answer your, like look at your text on the golf course because your wife like texts you and goes, we should buy a bigger house. And it's like, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> and this is going way back. We're not having that conversation anymore. But it's like, and then your head starts to think about stuff. You start stressing out. And you, you're, the best game of golf you're ever going to play is when you're not thinking about anything. You're not even thinking about how to hit the ball. You're just playing. In the zone. You're Yeah, I mean, it's like being a goldfish or whatever Ted Lasso says, right? You're just playing the game. Mm -hmm. you're, you're unconsciously competent. You're playing the game. You're not thinking about what your boss said. You're not thinking about what your spouse said. You're not thinking about your taxes or whatever. You're just playing the game. There's a thing about uh, raising boys that to get them to open up, you are not supposed to make direct eye contact. Shoulder to shoulder. It's supposed to be hiking, take them for a walk so they can uh, feel enough space to mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. um, or you're supposed to, like in the car ride, a lot of my mom friends would say that's when the the boys in the back would start talking and she could find out what was happening in their lives. That's right. And they're able to open up and, and, uh, and analyze their feelings more and express them. So now that I'm thinking about it, golf is literally riding in a car. That's true. Everyone's forward facing and then it's getting out and hiking around. So it sounds like it's man therapy. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's then, just, it's, it's like, look, guys don't talk about relationships in the same way, but we love each other. For the most part, right? And so you get to be with somebody that you love without, you know, calling it a relationship. And it's a group activity. And it's a group activity. So it's not it's, so well, gay. It's a group activity. Well, I mean, they would be totally give me like, like a like a Spartacus thing. If I don't know, it could it could have devolved into that? But I mean, um, it's just a way to hang out with your friends. I love I love that idea. I love the hanging out. Mm -hmm. I love drinking, day mm -hmm. drinking, especially mm -hmm. my face. Sure. Um, pass out at 6 p.m.? Yes, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think 
the part for me, I could never hit the ball far enough that my father would let me ride in the cart. Oh, now we're getting so the real issue. So I would issue. run along next to the cart, and he's driving, and he's like, let's see if you can hit it farther. And so now, <laughs> now we know why you don't like golf. It looks really hard. It's your daddy issues. My daddy issues. It looks really hard. And then um, I, you have to make sure the ball goes where it's supposed to, Yeah. especially if you have a course in a populated area yes. where there's car windshields. <laughs> And children's heads. Is there something else you need to get off your chest, Amy? <laughs> it's it a little, as if there it's might a little have been tight an at Ansley, and I've heard four, yeah. and I don't know what that means. And then a ball falls through the watch tree next to me and my children. It's a hard. The, the 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 challenge with golf is that it's it's hard. The learning curve is very painful. Like being okay, be, not being good at golf is is a is a difficult place to be. Mm -hmm. It's not fun when you can't. You, when you can't make the ball even come close to doing what you're trying to make it do, it sucks. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. But when you get to like a basic level of, even if you're not scoring well, if you make five shots around that are that are a reflection of what you intended to do, that keeps you coming back and, and practicing. And you stuff. get enough of a taste. Yeah. It's like comedy. Have you ever heard Mike Probiglia talk about like, there's this self-delusion that all comedians have to, and engage in because if you didn't you would quit before you like before your first set was over because you're so bad but you're having fun and it's like you get off stage and, and it was awful but you're like that was, that was good that was awesome that was really good and, then, and if you were self-aware you'd be like that was terrible right you go back and i wonder if you have like you i have videos of my first sets and i go back now i'm like oh my god i'm too big it's too much Five years later, do you have like videos of yourself golfing? Uh, no, but <laughs> I did watch that. my first. I, I took a comedy class in 2001 in Los Angeles and I watched my 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 graduation show not too long ago. And I had my hand on my hip just like this. Oh, the entire eight minutes. It was sassy for us. It was very sassy. I was very <laughs> nervous. Do you still do this on stage? I don't do that. You know what I'm doing on stage right now? I was like, I'm rocking back and forth. I'm like, what is like you're holding a baby? Kind of. Maybe that's what it Maybe It's soothing. It must be soothing. Mm -hmm. that's what it is it is weird what like going up and talking as if you're having a conversation and then answering your own questions mm -hmm. and it's and then it's artifice and then you have to make it feel real so yeah. well if it doesn't feel real it's a problem it's a problem yeah i was gonna make a dick joke <laughs> but i didn't because i'm a lady um I, you know what? I really feel like we're onto something with this golf is just for a way for men to talk because tennis, all the w old women, and I put myself in this category in my neighborhood, we all play tennis. And you and try to hit the ball as hard as you possibly can at those well, catty bitches. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, and what it's direct eye contact. Like they're looking at you, we're looking at them. And then we, we come, we, when we have to change sides, we come, we stop, we chat. Mm hmm. And then we continue on our thing. And, and you we're mumble shit under your breath about the, your <laughs> opponents. Well, when it's friends, we just chit chat. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like, so t Atlanta, I don't know if you know this, Atlanta is the most amount of per capita of people playing tennis in the world mm -hmm. because of the Atlanta Lawn and Tennis Association. Alta. Alta, which got very popular in the 70s. Mm. And I feel like that was like the same time period 
when Dr. Spock was saying, you can't hit your children. <laughs> so the women of you in Atlanta stood up and were like, well, we're going to have to hit something. That's funny. And then they went and started playing tennis. I mean, literally a backhand is a, like a backhand. Yeah. And you, it's the same. You're whole, supposed to hold the racket like your daughter just like Scratch called is kind you, of the same itch. Yeah. Like your daughter called you a bitch and now wants a ride to the mall. And so it's like. The mall. <laughs> Old school, 70s. All right, that was fun. I like talking about um, golf. And I, I mean, that's so gender biased to say it's golf not, is though. for men and tennis it is, is for women. women. So you're engaging in horrific gender stereotypes. It's a nightmare, yeah. But I'm offended. I, it's helping me understand golf better. I would, I'm, I, I would like to enjoy everything in life. I try to have fun. Um, I would like to make friends with golf. But it sounds expensive and long. Also, you should you should look more into the fact that uh, your your disdain for golf is heavily tied to the fact your father made you run next yeah, to a golf cart. I think, and I think that's a lot more of why you don't like golf is the is the actual trauma you experienced. <laughs> he was. We were both laughing, but maybe my feelings might have. Been I laughed very... a lot as a kid, and I have PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> golf is expensive and it's very time consuming. But you know. Um, there's a lot of things that are time consuming. I think you could afford it if you decided. You're right, but it would be something that's not one of my values. And Which so value spending, is that? Uh, golf sucks, and so it's not worth money. <laughs> oh, and it takes up all the cool parkland. I want to walk my dog against uh, across every golf mm. open pasture thing I see. I want to take my dog off the leash, and you can't do that. Uh, yeah. It's... It's just for the golfers. Well, during pandemic, you know, they closed Chastain, the golf course, and it was awesome. You could just run around. It was like having, there's not enough real park space in this part of town. I completely agree. And so I think we should close that course. As long as I belong to my course, I don't need Chastain. <laughs> He's like, what's your course? Thing. A friend of mine said, you know, that attitude you have about closing Chastain golf course is uh, very uh, reflective of somebody who belongs to a private it's club. Privilege. I was like, I guess that's true. Where do you play? Capital City. Fun. Uh, maybe you and I, we could um, get some of our, our funds together and our, our ability to raise funds and mm -hmm. make a park. Okay. That sounds expensive. Sounds very expensive. And the most sure, we'll expensive just, sure, part we'll of just, town. We'll just buy 100 acres. Of, we'll just <laughs> go mow down Phipps Plaza and put a park there. I think that's a, that's a perfect use of that space. I, I agree. Uh, we could get some of the, um, the land that's flooding. Yeah. Next to the river. And do what with it? Turn it into a park. It already most of it is a park. Now. We <laughs> the can get some mud more. Park. The, and don't the forget flooded the mud tampons park. that come out because oh, the sewer good. system sure. doesn't work right. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking about before you said Welcome it. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, get God. shot for not having enough mayo and step over the tampoons on your walk with your dog. Y'all have a lot a lot different problems in Atlanta than I than I than I and my socioeconomical level uh, deal with. This is the most the, the, the least amount Joel's ever uh, talked about. I have not, a you pandemic. guys are so rich and I have no <laughs> no basis for what you're you're talking about different kinds of play the the cheapest ticket that's what you get on a plane because uh, it's it's hard to go places you're right actually now i get the cheapest ticket because i have status and i get automatically get upgraded he's right about that jesus christ don't you have some questions i don't think that's here? what he was saying i had a friend who is, whose diamonds tell me that <laughs> um it probably was your wife hey yo uh look at let's we do our, our rapid fire yeah okay I gotta get a different table. My neck hurts from looking like this. Um, mm. 
I, I wonder if you have the means well, you to could get a do, new table. You could just do it on the corner. I was thinking that too. Or do this vertically like that and then have it be opposite. Do you have a matching? No, you don't want to do opposite because you need a two shot. Right, I don't know. Anyway, I'll let you figure so that out. So when you're filming the porn at your house, how many cameras do you use? Well, it's interesting. So um, the most recent interview I did live was with Catherine Blanford. just came out today. And we were in a booth in our base. We had this little like corner restaurant booth kind of thing. Mm. And um, I had three cameras. And I learned about the camera timers that click off at 22 minutes or about one of them. And so we had a two shot. And then we had my phone. But then my editor was like, dude, these are all different ratios and and lighting settings and oh. resolutions and all that shit so there's a new there's a system where there's three cameras that you can sync they're all the same kind of camera and anyway i might get Did that. You buy it i might i'm tired of buying new camera equipment but if i were to do if i were to do all my interviews in person and the inner and the in-person ones are always more fun i can't i can't get my energy big enough to do it over the internet but if you want big names you're yeah, just not going to get everybody to come to your house in atlanta i'm I mean, just doing this show to get people to come to my house in so atlanta <laughs> that's the so only like, reason have you seen amy's house my god <laughs> <clears throat> I've interrupted you. Anyway, all I'm saying is that there's ways, there's there's like this system you can get on BH Photo, BH Photo that's um, three, it's three cameras, they're all synced and they're, so, so you'll have all the same settings to make the editing part of it easier. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Are so they... the, the, the question you asked was how many cameras, I had three cameras, so I could have a two shot and then a shot on her and a shot on me. And my editor did a great job syncing it, but when one camera shuts off a mm -hmm. third of the way through the interview, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Yes. Even if it's plugged into the AC. This camera is fancy and it has, my son got extra batteries and extra hard drives so it can get uh, multiple hours when I'm traveling. Also, it's the, the, the weird thing about ca cameras, like so DSLRs, most of them can't film past 30 minutes. And the reason why is because the classification of the taxes that it's under, difference of an actual like video camera and a photo camera. Mm. And so that is what they have. To, it's like, the, it's a really weird thing for why certain ones don't, but there are other ones. That's why we've talked about this before. Like whenever you said you want to do a multicam setup, I was like, we can do that, but it's a lot more, Cumbersome uh, to do. Like it is doable, but yeah, ask rapid fire questions now. Okay, All we're right, gonna rapid do rapid fire. fire, fire. We're gonna find out, Paul, how nerdy you actually are. Yeah, yeah. On the dorkter scale. All right. Okay. Here we go. Have you ever been to Dragon Con? No, I didn't even know what it was until I started doing comedy here in Atlanta. Okay. Have you been to Comic Con? No. Okay, none of that. All right. Have you ever owned or ridden a unicycle? <laughs> no <laughs> i feel like you were the cool guy at school i was you've I'm got sorry. bde b oh yeah uh yeah. alpha well, yeah. it's a little bit yeah. are you a leader where did you run for student council i might have were you the school president uh, in high school yeah oh uh, i called it where do you prom king no was your buddy prom king and you helped him get elected? No, but I was captain of the football team and I had the lead role in the play. Oh my god! I was a bit of an overachiever. Look at you! What was this? Which lead? Uh, I was Sky Masterson. <gasps> yeah. 
Yes, I was in Guys and Dolls. One of too. the who were you? I was a, a bit role. My name was Poopsie. Poopsie. Yes. Who could forget Poopsie? <laughs> you know that was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. Oh. Having four songs, I can't sing. I can't. I don't hear tune. I don't hear tone. But they just they, they saw just you put me th- as in a the leader, role, man. and it was terrible. <laughs> so, isn't that those, didn't Marlo Marlon Brando play okay that? so yeah and I should have just done I should have just done a Brando impersonation because he didn't really sing he just kind of talked he was just kind of Brando through the songs and if I would have done that instead of actually trying mm-hmm. to hit the because you can hit a note by as opposed to like trying to actually hit the note you can speak on tune yeah and it's actually it's for singers it's harder to do but for non-singers it's easier to try to um to speak on tune yeah and the guy who is in my fair lady rex harrison I yeah, yeah he did that and it's really oh uh, yeah he did do that i watched that with my daughter not too long ago he was an asshole oh is he in the movie or in real life in my fair lady he was uh, uh henry higgins was an asshole was an absolute asshole yes and he would be canceled in today's oh my world gosh. well yeah very much so all right like this is very person. rapid go sorry um do you have a soldering iron <laughs> no. <laughs> um, have you ever had a woodwind instrument? I uh, I pay for one for my son, but I've never played a woodwind. Do you? I've all... never played in it. I've taken three guitar lessons in my life. That's it. Oh, well, you quit that. I did quit that. That's good because I wanted to do comedy. It's more important. Have you ever owned a cape? Only as a Halloween costume. That counts. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Oh, you don't know which cost? Which... I mean, my, my kids. I, no, I don't think I did. Right. When you get to a certain age, you can't remember all the Halloween things you've done. I was the fifth of six kids. I had used Halloween costumes. And by the time they got to me, the capes had been ruined years before. Oh, so, oh nothing sadder than a holy cape. <laughs> That's poverty. Well, it wasn't poverty, but <laughs> or it just wasn't. Ab- abandoned wasn't children. This house. Well. Yeah. We have less children. It's easier to take care of. That's true. Uh, have you ever held a ferret? I have. My freshman roommate in college had a ferret, and I hated that little fucker. <laughs> Did it smell terrible? It was terrible. It was Did terrible. Did you get laid I at moved all? out. I moved out because of the ferret. It's not you. I went to the dean of students and said, I want out, and I have completely justifiable reasons. Were you allowed? Was he even allowed to have a ferret there? Yes. You were outing him. He was allowed to have a ferret. Yeah, he was allowed to have a ferret. They <laughs> like the they they were like you don't need your roommate's approval to get a ferret. Oh my gosh! So it's perfect training for marriage. I love my husband so much. He pays for everything in my life uh, with his, um, his his money, his and his labor and his heart. Like he just keeps me together. <laughs> but mostly his money. Every, every, like he holds me when I cry. I cry a lot. Uh-huh. He's really ripped <laughs> like from holding me. If he got a ferret, I might have to leave him. Yeah. Like that's how weird they are. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Harry Potter. Have you ever had a Harry Potter wand? That's, we're kind of too old for Harry that. Harry Potter wand? No. I've yeah, never we're too that. old for that. Coin collection? No. Sword? No. An aquarium? Not for me. Terrarium? Definitely not. Ugh. Lizards. My kids have all that shit. Do you, uh, are, what kind of dad are you? Are uh, you, great dad. Are you like uh, you can buy your terrarium with your own money, or just love me forever and take uh, care of me when I'm old? You can have yeah, all the terrariums. Can, if your kid can't hit a golf ball, would you let them in the cart or not? Or what are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my kids have not embraced my love of golf, um, and they've gotten terraria and aquaria. Okay, uh, partially because partially That's because that I told you I That's was nerdy, nerdy for grammar. Um, they uh, part uh, the, the the justification there is you should learn how to take care of 
another living creature. That's true. But maybe one that snuggles would be better. Geckos snuggle if you get them close enough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They've <laughs> kept them alive for a few years. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, do you know Morse code? <laughs> no, I don't. Have you been to band camp? No. Circus camp? No. Theater camp? No. Space camp? No. Science camp? No. Allergy camp? Allergy camp. That's a thing? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Ollinger kids didn't go to camp. We went to vacation Bible school. Oh, I'm adding that to Went to like list. Jesus camp. Jesus camp. Church camp. Okay. It wasn't technically church camp. It was just, it was where you went during the day. During You went back to your school during oh. the, this is basically like Catholic school without uniforms during the summer. Oh, oh, okay. And so it was, so you were at a Catholic private school. Yeah. And then they had camp in the summer. Vacation Bible school. Vacation. No, it was that VBS. Was the, oh me. my gosh. Yeah. And was it just all about the Bible or was it like it was macrame? Just, it was just babysitting basically for, cause all these, like there weren't, uh, nannies and long vacations and Back for in the, the day. kids that went to the I never school. went to camp. No. Yeah. You didn't go to theater camp? No. Mm-hmm. We didn't I went to my grandparents' house. Right. Because it was free and down the road. Right. There yes. you go. Uh do you have a framed puzzle? No. I like puzzles though. You like puzzles. Have you ever uh used the word huzzah? I don't think I have. No. <laughs> You're too cool. Um did you ever have a, like a goth era in your life? No. Okay. No, I had like a pretty in pink era. You did. I had like a like an early eighties or mid eighties haircut for a very short period of time. Tell me what your mid eighties haircut. Which just like. kind of swooped down. And did you flick it? Yeah. Did you come out of the pool and flick? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That that's working. I can yeah. feel a tickle in my no no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, she's narrative for being super horny yeah i forgot uh, have, okay no that's not gonna apply to you um have you ever written fan fiction i didn't even know what fan fiction was until like three years ago me too uh how many backups to your hard drive do you have and the cloud doesn't count uh zero okay if the cloud doesn't count zero okay have you ever had a birthday party for a pet? No. Have and I think people who have Instagram accounts for their pets should be neutered. hey You know what? It's probably a self-selected group where the, the animal, the cat or whatever, is making it hard for them to reproduce. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, have you ever had a, a pet put into a costume? Not, not that I've chosen to do. Okay. Sounds it like may maybe have your happened wife in did. my home, but I, I was not a part of it. <laughs> um, have you ever brewed your own mead? No. Do you have a tattoo? I do not. Do you have scoliosis? Not to my knowledge. Have you been to a Rush concert? I had tickets to a Rush concert, and I had a work event come up, and I had to sell them. Okay. I, I like Rush a lot. That's very. We could nerdy. talk about Rush for like. My husband minutes. loves Rush, I and like he says Rush there's two groups of people that go to Rush concerts: nerds, and then like kind of white trashy people with their like <laughs> handlebar t-shirts <laughs> and lots of like cans of brew, like yeah. light beer, yeah. and the two come together, uh-huh. opposite ends of probably every interest, mm-hmm. except for space and aliens. And they come together and have the best time at Rush concerts. Did you know I opened for Sticks for eight shows two summers ago? Tell me about that. What was it like? 
Well, my friend Ed Roland, who's the lead singer of Collective Soul, brought me out. Because, Humble brag. Well, he's he's. I'm just telling you, like, was he brought me onto the show so that because they were opening for Sticks, and so but if you put a comedian out there, then I got to take the bullet, and then people would know the show is starting. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I was on the road with them for uh, two weeks, eight shows, and the guys in Sticks were all very very nice. The guys in the in Collective Soul are great. I've spent I stayed on their bus, a lot of fun, good dudes. And the guys in Sticks were all great gentlemen, and they really put everything into every show. That's what I took away from that tour. Was like the reason they're still playing at seventy-two years old is because they care a lot about the show, and mm. they give it everything every night. That's inspiring. Because yeah. it was seventy-two. Did you say they're seventy-two years old? Okay, and so what I've noticed with the people I know who are retired is they just slowly become one with their recliner <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about like what they're watching on television. Yeah. It's so to be touring, passionate about something, disciplined, yeah. eating right, giving it all. They're in connecting. good shape and, and they sound great. The band sounds great. Whether it's your kind of music or not, like Rush is sort of, you know, on that sort of nerdy fence. Sticks has some theatrical elements that maybe don't translate to a Led Zeppelin fan. Mm-hmm. But those guys, they sound great. They're terrific musicians. And um, it was cool to watch and learn. That's inspiring. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say you're not very nerdy. Oh. Um, but the, you p- kind of pulled it through there with the rush at the end. <laughs> <laughs> And and the uh, aquarium my aquaria ah uh, terrarius yeah that's the Latin uh, nominative plural agricolamus yeah. <laughs> puer what... puella I took Latin bitch yeah yeah you know I'm not afraid of Did you you just say puella <laughs> I don't Is know puella girl I don't know I don't know puella. My... I, think about Corella Deville. The Puer, Puer is boy. Maybe Puella is girl. Is I can't it? Remember. It's in my hard drive from seventh grade. Hey had... Siri, how do you say girl in Latin? <laughs> Is that your phone? I don't. I have, turn my phone off. I don't have a Siri. You don't have a Siri. We don't have any Apple products in our home. Why? Because they suck. My husband feels like it's too proprietary, and we had a one computer, and then it was like, oh, we're not supporting that anymore. And then he like runs Linux, like he's bit, oh, wow. it's a whole level. Wow. That's why I have the hard drive question in here Jeez. because he used to have a hard drive he'd put in his backpack because he used a bicycle to work so we'd have one hard drive at work that has all our stuff on it and then one at home in case the home burns down holy shit and the cloud wow your husband's right next fudging level i'm guessing he's been to comic-con this is why i have such a um, i'm so like uh turned on by my husband i mean like he's thinking of everything wow so i can just be a mess (laughs) 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 all right paul thank you so much for being on our show Thank Paul, you. give some plugs first. I'm yeah, doing my do job plugs. as producer. Uh, when is this coming out? Oh, who knows? I'll be headlining <laughs> the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga June 23rd and 24th, summer 2023. Make plans. Come to Chattanooga. Ooh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. I was hosting oh, there. And I have a, a podcast called Crazy Money. It's very good. I find it fascinating. And there's you have fancy, fancy people on there. Not that you're not fancy. Mm. Uh, and I've uh, listened to the people you've interviewed and then purchased their books and listened wow. to them. You hear that? And Publisher, you hear that? Editors at Knopf and publicists at uh, wherever. Yeah. I don't even Book read buyers. and I'm buying these books. That's yeah. how good it is. Thank you. I listen to them. All right. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Thank you, friend. Bye. Bye. Bye.